Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Dragon Ball Z, apparently, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Andy Potter, and today I'm joined by Alex Bonilla. Hola. And John McKenna. Hi, everybody. So today we're going to be talking about the Dragon Ball Super Broly movie, which came out, I think, like two months ago, I think, in Japan. It came over here really quick to America. And um, we're going to be talking about it here. But before we get into it, you can find everything about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about something a little bit different than we usually do. We usually <laughs> I'd say we usually cover more progressive shows than this, but this is just a stupid toxic, toxic masculinity fight anime movie. And... Um, I am the one who brought this up. I watched this movie. I really liked the movie. So I just uh, found some people who wanted to watch it with me, and we're going to talk about it now. Not much more than that. Um, so yeah, but before we really dive into the movie and what we liked and what we didn't like, I wanted to ask my co-hosts what their experience with Dragon Ball in general was, is, so we have an idea of how that affects how they viewed the movie. So let's start with you, Alex. What's your history with Dragon Ball? Have you seen any of it even? Uh, bare- barely. I- I've seen memes. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I think that I think that's how most uh, shows are consumed these days. You f- you're first exposed to them through uh, like random images you stumble across on the internet. And you're like, where does that come from? Oh, that anime. Okay. No, but uh, yeah, like Dragon Ball Z is uh, over nine thousand. Like that's about it. Uh, also, now that uh, uh, as a, a sports fan, I've also begun noticing that uh, some um. Athletes have become more open about their uh, liking to anime. So, for example, in the NFL, there are now like uh, Juju Smith-Schuster did like a Dragon Ball Z celebration dance sort of the season. Yeah. Um, jo- Joel Embiid has been seen watching Dragon Ball GT before games to like uh, relax. So, <laughs> so like uh, it, it, even watching sports, you get the sense of how big Dragon Ball Z is to a certain audience. And so, I, I, I for whatever reason, I've just never gotten. Well, I mean, anime in general. I've avoided for a long time. It's not until like basically in the past past year that I finally begun opening myself up to to that genre. So yeah, so this is another new door that I'm opening to myself. Well, what 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 is Dragon Ball Z? Let's find out. Okay, so we'll we'll get. Uh, I'll ask you. We'll see how this how this uh, new experience was for you in a minute. But I just want to get a uh, get John's history with Dragon Ball now. What what, what, what is your history with this show? I'm surprised Alex didn't mention the like 12 foot tall Tifo of Goku they had at uh, at a soccer game in France, along with the sports references too. Uh, but yeah, um, my my history with Dragon Ball Z was that when I was a wee lad in the 2000s, uh, back in the days when Toonami was airing in the middle of the afternoon on weekdays on Cartoon Network rather than on Saturday nights or in addition to Saturday Nights, I keep forgetting because I was in bed by then, uh, Dragon Ball Z was the one show me and my friends would all watch. And did what did, did we know much about it? Not really. I know I had one friend who would have the comics out. He'd have the show in Jump Comics. He'd be reading to us. He'd be explaining, okay, so this is this character. This is that character. This character doesn't like that character. They blew up the world. Now everything's back together. Goku's still alive now. He was dead then. And, it, and by that point, I was just going over my head because all I liked was punchy, punchy, boom, boom, sparky, sparky, bang, bang. Which, thankfully, Dragon Ball Z Broly is. And, yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of got off it a little bit. Like, I've only seen, like, I think a couple episodes of Super. I caught I, – I, so I saw a few more episodes after I saw the movie just to make – just to get myself clear on what the underpinning uh, theology was of this movie. And, you know, I have to admit, it, it, there's some things I'm kind of glad stayed the same because DBZ was such a guilty pleasure for me back then. It's a very simple pleasure, and it still is today. I forgot how much I enjoyed just sitting down and seeing two big burly men fight each other. And this delivered on all fronts. It was deep. It was DBZ that I remember. It will be the DBC long after we're gone, and they're making season yeah. 25 bajillion. So this, for me, was very enjoyable. It's what I remember. It was a, nice, it was a fun little nostalgia trip. That's awesome. Yeah, for me, I think I was a little bit more... Uh, um, exposed to it than you were, John. I uh, definitely had a very similar experience where I like saw a couple episodes here and there as a kid, like on Toonami or Adult Swim. And then as I grew up, I would seek it out a little bit more. I was exposed to it through like the Abridged series and stuff. That's a big uh, avenue Team, for me. Team, Team Four, Four Star. Star. Like I'm not gonna I'm gonna try to keep that to a minimum. Mentioning Team Four uh-huh. Star, but that's a big part of my um, 
like that's a big part of my understanding of Dragon Ball Z now. Just like that is a big part of the community. Uh, but in general, like I have a general knowledge of like everything that's happened in Dragon Ball Z, just because I really like stupid fight shows, and I don't really get to talk about that a lot on our podcast. But I really like stupid fight animes, and Dragon Ball Z is like the epitome of that. And um, yeah, so. I think I just want to get your general experience here. I think, John, you said this was a great nostalgia trip. Alex, I learned something absolutely shocking about you on the Genlock pod this week, and it's that you uh-huh. hate fight scenes. So, uh-huh. with that said, this movie, for listeners who have not seen this movie, again, there's not really spoilers here. It's a Dragon Ball movie. If you're listening to this, it's a Dragon Ball movie. There's not really spoilers. <laughs> just so you know, there's a 40-minute fight scene in this movie. That is not an exaggeration. There's a point in the movie where the heroes meet the villains, the fight starts and does not stop for 40 more minutes. So, Alex, how did you like this movie? I I kind of liked it a, a lot more than I, than I was expecting. <laughs> because, look, I mean, you characterize me as hating fight scenes. I don't think that's totally accurate. I say that I, I have a weird bar when it comes to fight scenes because uh, just using an example of shows we cover here in overly animated like steven universe i generally enjoy those fight sequences even though people are usually like oh those are dumb or like those are like boring but i enjoy those whereas like the o- over-the-top anime fights such as like ones that are ruby or genlock that they tend to to bore me but in this movie the 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 fights are actually very interestingly animated yeah. and and also i will say like a, a dragon ball i know has a reputation for being dumb anime fight but limited to this movie the setup is very interesting and captivating so by the time you get to the fight you're invested in both in both sides like yeah. uh, Bro- broly is a, a quote antagonist but the the movie does a good job of making you feel things for him before you get to that point, and that helps the fight to feel m- a much higher stakes yeah. than some other shows have have done. And so the the combination of of both sides of the fight being interesting, there is a a, sm- a smattering of uh, of quips that get thrown in in the middle of the fight. There is interesting animation choices being made. There's lots of different uses of color, and the the, the climax is inc- incredible. <laughs> like we get to the point where it breaks reality, almost, yeah. almost reminding me of like Spider Verse, which is like, why would I go into an anime expecting to be reminded of Spider Verse? But here you go. So like, uh, all in all, I I think that this is uh, that if you wanted to introduce someone to Dragon Ball with this. I think that you're setting a really high bar because honestly, I think that from beginning to end, this is a very serviceable, if not very entertaining piece of yeah. piece of cinema. I, I think you completely encapsulated why I really like this movie, Alex. Because like I watched it expecting like bare minimum, and then all those things you mentioned popped out to me, like Broly's backstory, this really beautiful animation, and just and by beautiful I mean like just really colorful. Like I'm talking like coco pixar colorful there's like they just throw colors at you randomly and it's just really fun and just some interesting animation choices and i finished the movie and i'm like was that just a good movie like bar none i think it was like yeah yeah. all right did did you not like the movie john is that what that noise was oh no i liked it but but for me it's like this is a good dragon ball z movie i haven't quite tried to figure out whether or not this is a good movie in, in general, though, because, I mean, again, you, you mentioned it's a 40-minute fight. There is a 40-minute fight scene. The runtime is, like, what, 110 minutes, 120 yes. tops? So one-third of the movie is a fight scene. Under normal circumstances, I would be sort of not happy about that if this was any other movie at all. But for me, it's because I'm going in – I think for me, just because I knew I was going into a Dragon Ball Z movie, and I knew what Dragon Ball Z was. I knew what I was getting myself into – for me, as I sort, I sort of dropped my normal movie goggles on and just put on my DBZ goggles and just judged it on that. I haven't quite yet compared it to my, anything but, else yet. But I think yeah, because that, another thing here, like you mentioned, that you would be disappointed in a normal movie if it's a forty-minute fight scene. But I think that you can execute a fight scene well enough that you're. A- so this movie, I think, manages to do the a rare feat of maintaining momentum throughout. But also, like I. 
Uh, I don't know why like, we're, we're using the, the 40 minute thing, but there is actually a break in the middle where we go to like the, them going with Piccolo to do fusion yeah. dance. So I think that helps too, that it isn't actually totally continuous. Like there is a brief lull. And so we can like gather ourselves back for the climax and, of the movie. And I think that helps a lot in like the, the pacing works out and uh, com- combined with the, all the uh, animation stuff, it helps the fight scene, even at, at, in terms of length, to not feel like drudgery compared to maybe some other animes that, that may feel that way to you. But, uh, and the, like also, I, I think about things like, like the Marvel movies, right? Like, yeah. those are like half, half of them are fight sequences, but they're split up between different characters, whereas this is like one big fight scene between the same characters. But like the, those ones also, you get the problem of sometimes the villains don't have enough weight behind them for you to care about dedicating 15 minutes of your time watching them fight the heroes. Whereas this one, I think that does the job well. So I, I guess that I'm just kind of pushing back on the idea that a length of a fight sequence is enough to be dis, uh, maybe uh, make it less of a movie. I think that if if you're able to do a fight sequence well and you can stretch it out while keeping the people excited and still me- still having it be meaningful to the story, then uh, go for it. Like I think that makes it <laughs> that makes it very impressive of a movie. I. I- I think that's I think that's fair. I think I was I was just more commenting on just how much of the movie was one fight scene, but you are right. They did they did break it up. And I actually liked when they broke it up with the piccolo scene. I, for me it's just like I like fight scenes that have a lot of like, you know, build up, plot, character, and then it culminated in the fight scene. It's like and it's the punctuation mark in a movie rather than just the movie. And I, I get that. I get both those complaints, but the interesting thing for me here is, Alex, you're bringing up every talking point I was gonna bring up, and I'm stunned by that. Because, <laughs> like, you, you're completely in my corner here for this movie, Alex, and I was not expecting that coming into this, because I was gonna bring up Infinity War and say that Broly is essentially Thanos in this movie. Like, this is just a Broly movie. Like, he's the main character of this movie, and we follow him the whole time. So when we get to him fighting the quote-unquote heroes, he feels like the guy we care about most in the fight scene. It's really interesting. And, and it makes like, you Thanos' care. backstory in Infinity War is limited to him being like, yeah, I lived on a planet, yeah. it sucked, and that was it. But, like, here we actually see him growing up, and then we still get him telling the story to people, too. So it's like, it, it just, it does a lot more with so, so much less time. It's it's a, it's crazy. It's, it's very like, Marvel movies can't do that. (laughs) And and then even better than that, I think, is that they don't give us that early Broly fight scene. They don't give us a fight... Like, Thanos fights people early in the movie in Infinity War. Broly doesn't. So, like, they just kind of saved all of that for the end. And it kind of just works really well that way because... Mm. You, the whole movie, you're just like, you know, going in that Broly's gonna be really strong. Like, just as, as, for me, a DBZ viewer, I know who Broly is. John, I assume you knew who Broly was before you watched the movie. I did, I did some research yeah. on him. So, like, and, just, and the, the, the intro sets up, like, hey, yeah. we're afraid of this kid, he seems to be very strong, we should send him away. And it's so, like, that sets up stakes already. Like, yeah. it does, does right, it yeah. dives in very quickly, even it, for an intro viewer. And it just shockingly, I think, builds up tension, like, of, like, how strong is he actually going to be? And I think they really build up to it really well in that moment where he just is beating up the heroes constantly for like maybe 20 to 25 minutes of those 40 minutes is just him beating them down. And it's really, really fun, even though it's just really dumb fighting. And uh, maybe, maybe um, I, I guess I guess we can get a little more specific here because we've just been kind of talking around this fight. Maybe we should start with the fight scene then because we're, we're, we've been talking about it pretty much this whole time already. So this fight scene starts with um, Broly getting off of Frieza's ship, who is uh, – Frieza is pretty much not a character in this movie. He has a couple of funny lines, but he's just kind of there. And Broly shows up, and we immediately get a fight with Vegeta, which is kind of like this crazy aerial fight all over the place. And then we get a fight with Broly and Goku, which is a little bit in the air and has some interesting animation in it, which I want to talk about. And then they fight on the ground, like on this icy field, icy patch of ground. And then after that, we get a fight where they fight together and then they do the fusion dance. And then we get the fight with Gogeta versus um, Broly. And all three of these feel like completely different fights, even though they're kind of separated by almost no time at all. But they have these moments where like, Goku prepares to fight Broly and the, and the, and they, um, and they kind of like, you, you, uh, you simultaneously get a chance to take a breath and a chance to get really hyped up again. Like, it's really well done. Like, the music really supports all of that. Was there, um, of these three <laughs> fights that I mentioned, was there anyone that, like, jumped out to you, like, as more fun than the others, either animation wise or just in general fun wise, John? 
Uh, for me, I think it was the part of the fight. I, I'm trying to remember who it was. It's when they went through the core of the Earth. I think that was with. I think that was Vegeta? the end of the Goku. Uh, I think the Goku Go- went down there to the Earth, and then a little bit of Gogeta went down to the Earth as well. Goku. I, I thought that was incredible, just because like it starts. You're, you're starting off in maybe just because of the contrasted colors and the contrast yeah. of landscapes, because you're starting off in what is essentially the Arctic, because they're trying to find the last Dragon Ball, because Bulma wants to be. Was it younger? Or? Yeah, five yeah. years younger. Yeah. Oh. Which, which was whatever. I think that jo- I think that joke worked a lot better from Frieza's perspective. Yeah, it did. I, it did. I think his his joke was the the payoff for that was a lot better for him saying you want to be five centimeters taller. It's like Bulma's was the stupidest thing to use a Dragon Ball for until Frieza yeah. mentioned what he wants to use it yeah. for, which I loved. But um, but yeah, when they were going down through the core, they're at the Arctic, and then they go to the Earth's core. I love just the sharp contrast in colors, the sharp contrast in landscapes, and the fact that they are swimming in the middle of the Earth, and they're still fighting. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever because it really – because when you're watching, you put in this grand scale, these guys are freaking huge, and they're freaking strong, and they're crazy. And it looks like there's just this manic fight. They're hitting each other. It felt – chaotic it was you know you could see like the bubble the lava bubbles going around all over the place you realize they're in the middle of the earth they're not they don't bother about the temperature they're not burning to a crisp they're just going at it yeah. and i thought that was the coolest so so cool yeah. yeah that i agree that that section was like really beautiful like the red of the lava really stands out after you have the whole like this whole fight scene takes place on this like almost white background the whole time and then they just kind of shock you with this like red it's really interesting and cool uh alex was there was there a part of this fight of the or one of these three fights you more gravitated towards liking uh, I think John mentioned like the 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 most interesting part where it just we, we switch from the ice to the dark lava place and then like I think in the middle of that is also where it starts you start seeing like flashes of color all over the place as yeah. if we're taken to like a different a different dimension sort of I I think that, uh, Go, Gogeta says like w- w- what's going on here yeah. so something yeah along even those the, lines. even the characters in the movie are commenting on like how wild everything is in the movie it's really yeah, it's so really funny. I, I, I think that's the highlight, and in part because like it's been we've been fighting for a long time, and so like just switching the setting like also helps along that. It but does. also like even in the beginning when you're still on the ice continent, like for example, uh, I forget if it's Vegeta doing it to uh, Broly or Broly doing it to Vegeta, but like somebody gets like punched through multiple mountains. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's pretty, that's <laughs> that's pretty just Dragon Ball. Um, uh, also, this is my my first. Uh, um, I I know that when they become Saiyans, they like change their hair color. But I, I like Goku doing it several times. Like first he becomes like green haired, and then like red haired, and then there's blue hair. Like it feels like you, the the power levels just keeps rising. Oh yeah, the oh life. yeah, Alex. <laughs> so, like I I know I sound like a noob, just like geeking out over it. But like you know, it kind of felt pretty cool. To, like, see <laughs> so you had no idea what these power ups were, but you were still excited about them. Well, like because like the color. Colors. Like, they were pretty cool. And, the, and it's, in the middle of that, like, Broly activates his own power. He shoots, yeah. like, a green power ball out of his mouth. Like, yeah. it's like... Alex, like, I am totally in I, love with you just, like, liking this movie. For Like, I, I am really liking it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think I was most impressed by the beginning part of it uh, between Broly and Vegeta because just because I guess this is my first... Um, uh, uh, exposure to Dragon Ball style of fighting, and so yeah, just uh, a lot of like over the top moves that I didn't expect to see, and they just and they somehow keep making them more over the top to the yeah. point of uh, of getting them underground. I think there's also at one point, I think this is by the time they get to Goku, where like Broly just begins acting like the Hulk and knocks Goku around back and forth. <laughs> oh yeah, they definitely like, like, like Hulk knocking Thor around. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, that that move was very like, oh, I've seen this move before, but it's it's funny here, <laughs> like in the middle of this very, like epic fight, like they're just adding like a, a extra funny moves too. So um, yeah, I I do have I do have one question though. It's um because when I I like I knew the colors were coming because of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. They had the giant Goku balloon, and Al yeah. Roker explained it to me. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, but I have a question then. If I always thought that when they went Super Saiyan, it was more like his hair, Goku's hair would stay gold, but it would just like grow and grow. When did they um, make the? When did they make the shift? Okay, I will give an explanation for you and for the listeners yelling. I will explain that 
Yes, oh, I know. No, what this is. I just I just incurred the wrath of somebody. Oh no no that. no! It's fine, John. I'm glad you brought up this question so I can explain the intricacies of Dragon Ball Z. But do um, I want to know the intricacies? Uh, of the question? It's not, you do, you do, Alex, because it's even more absurd than you can imagine. I think you'll enjoy that. So, huh, okay. so when their hair goes gold or green, I think Broly's is more green than gold, but Goku's is more gold. That's him going Super Saiyan, okay, Alex? Right. He's going okay. Super Saiyan, and he's just getting stronger. That's all it means. Um, when the hair goes red, that is them going Super Saiyan God. So they are. That's so that's just, the next level, right? <laughs> or, or it, that, that's actually like two or three levels. They skipped over Super Saiyan 2 and Super Saiyan 3. Those weren't really <laughs> in the movie. But you don't have to worry about that because they went straight to Super Saiyan God. And then the blue hair, uh, Alex, yeah. is Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan. I am ah. not exaggerating. That is actually what they call it. But they just call it Super Saiyan Blue to shorten it in the show. It's okay. a real tier tier 15 situation. <laughs> yeah. The reason for this, Alex, is that every single season, they need to be stronger than the last one. Right. right. Training. <laughs> See, and this is where watching it as a movie is much more helpful, because I can't imagine how frustrating that is watching, like, season 12 or whatever. It's like, oh, okay, they're adding another power. Yeah, no. Good job. I... But, like, in the movie, it, like, happens so fast <laughs> that you're just like, okay, let's just roll with it. Like, I think you experience DBZ in its purest form, Alex. I'm not even kidding. I think you've experienced – I don't even think you need to watch anymore because you, you <laughs> I have mean... to sit... I mean that that was my immediate thought. It was like, wow, this was great. I don't think I'd watch a full show of this. Yeah, but, like it condensed into what? this. It seems fine. How could you go back to episode one when they're not even like going gold at all? Like they don't, <laughs> Alex. They don't introduce like Super Saiyan. They don't introduce the gold one until like episode like sixty or something. I forget the exact <laughs> number, but it's not until they fight the first like big villain that they get Super Saiyan. Like it's insane. Uh, um, there's another part of these fight scenes. Uh, I think it's the 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 music is hype worthy. <laughs> like, yes, it, yeah. it, it, in in if you say it out loud, like it's just in the middle of orchestral music. There are people chanting "Go Broly" and "Go yeah, Gogeta." Yeah. Like that sounds stupid, but, but bl- blended into the fight scene and blended into the orchestral music and meshed with all the colors, it somehow works. Like it does. <laughs> this whole movie should be a cacophony, but it works. Like I think the way it works for me, Alex, is that it reminds me of like a fighting game, like Super Smash Brothers. It feels like they're just they they just completely lean into the fact that this movie is stupid and they embrace that and you just go along with the ride. John, did you like this music too? Like did you feel like these this like chanting was like really hype worthy too? It, it it did. It actually did and it worked it worked really well with everything. And yeah, it, it really is hype worthy and it kept the mood up really and it kept the mood up. Yeah, I think it was really fun. And I really liked how like there was one part, um I'm sure you guys caught it when um Goku or it happened multiple times in the movie where like two people are about to fight, but I think the most clearly audible part is when Goku and Broly start to fight. It like says Kakarot over Goku's head and then Broly over Broly's head and then they fight. Like it's like a, literally like a fight announcer announcing their names before they fight. And it's really stupid and I love that. But right after that scene is actually my favorite part visually of the entire fights. It's the part and I'm sh- it's one of the weirdest bits of animation in the entire movie. It's when we get that first person shot for like 30 seconds from Broly. I <laughs> Did, yeah, because is this like the part where you see him like kicking Goku, but you only see his foot coming from like the left uh, from the left corner, like it, it, because I, I, that part did stand out to me as like, oh, okay, well this is interesting to yeah, insert into your long fight scene. <laughs> yeah, it's the part when um I, I think I know what you're talking about in that thing. It's the part where they're flying through the air and then Goku gets punched through a mountain and then the camera follows him through the mountain in the hole. That's all from Broly's perspective. That's yeah. all first person. Oh, like, yeah. And, like, and there's a part where he, like, blocks an energy blast, and you see an arm come up out of nowhere, like, and you see, I think you do see a kick at the very beginning, like, and it's, like, for, like, 30 seconds, it's really weird, but I think it's, like, but that's the kind of stuff I want from a fight show, personally, I, I want them to, like, experiment with, like, stuff like this, because it keeps you interested, like, this is how you keep interested in a fight scene, just mix it up, even if it doesn't, like, I don't think this is even that great, like, it's not even that, like, well executed, but it's interesting and keeps me engaged in it. Like, I really like it a lot. Mm. But, um, was there anything else you guys wanted to say about the fight scenes in general? Or do you want to move on to, like, actual plot stuff, just to touch on that for real? <laughs> um, I will say I did, I don't know if this counts as the fights here or not, but I did get a kick out of them trying to, of Goku and Vegeta trying to fuse. Oh, and yeah. Form, and forming Gogeta. And I'm just sort of watching that because they, they just keep screwing up all, all the number of times. Mm. 
I, c- I couldn't help think to myself, I wonder if anyone on the Steven Universe crew has watched Dragon Ball Z, because this sounds oh, like they oh, did. Or is that the most sure. pointless, or is that the most pointlessly obvious statement uh, someone can yeah. make? I think uh, yes, they definitely correct. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, I will say that that was also exposure to Dragon Ball Z I had. There have been many a fan art of Connie being a weeb and watching Dragon Ball Z and making yeah. fusion dances with Steven of, oh, in this style. This so. is, this is, what, is she Goku or she Vegeta? Huh. Who knows? The point that, is that... Well, sorry. No, no. <laughs> well, I, I just think the point is that analogy. this is literally... the This is this show is the literal um, source of fusion dance. Like, even if it's more uh, stupid yeah. in this show, like, Steven Universe definitely, like, uh, it's less jokey, obviously, but Fusion Dance is a concept that came from this show. Oh, yeah. And th- this is one of those observations I think you get no points for figuring it out. Yeah. Because everyone on Steven Universe is weebs. Like, there's a lot of weeb references oh. in Steven Universe. Oh, But, um, I guess we can dig in a little bit to the plot, because I think the plot actually makes this fight scene that's really incredible, like, work. Like, it's, it, the plot isn't, like, amazing i don't think it's like the most deep thing ever but i think it's serviceable and it actually makes you care for at least the character you're you're meant to care for and so this movie opens up in the past in back when vegeta and goku are both babies on a planet that's going to be destroyed through xenocide from frieza and um right before xenocide 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 is the extermination of an entire species oh okay genocide is the is the murder of an entire race but oh, like the no. well, so the Saiyans are not a race; they're a species. They're no I... Saiyans. Saiyans are a species. Mm. Saiyans no. are Saiyans are everyone on that planet at the beginning. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, okay, that's no, that is the okay. Xenocide. Saiyans are just humans. Like like Saiyans are the humans of that planet. Essentially, they're, they they control that planet. They that is their planet. All of them, most of them, live there unless they're off planet, being evil warrior race people. Um, but, um, that's how it starts, uh, and then we get the backstory of Broly getting sent to a, like, nearly lifeless rock, and that's pretty much, like, a 30-minute segment. Like, it just, we get to see Broly growing up, and we get to see a very little bit of this actual moment of all the Saiyans dying, but beyond that, it's really about Broly and his father, Paragus, and it's not a very nice relationship between them. Like, at first, Mm -hmm. it looks like Paragus is going to be a loving... Not loving, but at least it looks like he cares for his son. But as the time goes on, it becomes clear Paragus really doesn't view his son in a loving way. And I think this works really well in the movie. It's not very subtle, or it's very... It very is, like, a big sledgehammer for what we're supposed to get from this. But I think it works for what we're seeing here. Um, Alex, you said you thought this worked right like you you like this yeah i i i enjoyed this well what, what i'm impressed by is that this 30 minute segment of them on the planet like it sets up most of what you need to know about this society like yeah it's just a bu- bunch of warlords being uh, that somehow got into the control of frieza and th- that they're they have a tense relationship but th- this particular guy already has a sensation that they're gonna get destroyed and so send broly away and uh, they there's like a whole thing between him and the king getting angry at each other. So I think that it, it's all set up very well. I, I think that there's a good emotion being given out and like the confrontation between uh, Broly's dad and the king and like, uh, you know, get get, get out of here. Um, I, I guess if we're including them going to the planet, I especially love the design of the planet. I love the giant spiders. Yeah. They're, they're like sucking from a spot of grass that turns out to be a giant grass beast that ends up being relevant later in yeah. the story. <laughs> but like, I, I just, I love the, the, just the design of, of the planet as well. Like, uh, I, I was especially impressed by the weird creatures going on there. So yeah, I, I, I think that this is most impressive for like, it just being able, for for treating this as if it was an intro, right? Like I, yeah. I I think that there are probably a bunch of anime movies out there that hope that you have followed all, and they don't need to do that much explanation. But like this did enough explanation that I was able to get get with it and still be like still not be distracted enough to stray away from the story that they're setting up here. Yeah, it's a very tight intro. It's not there's not a lot of frills here, but at the same time, they throw in enough that you're interested in it. Like you, you care about what's happening. And John, did you, did you appreciate this intro as well? I did. And I think it really worked to humanize Broly and to, and even though he was supposed to be this really, uh, big, 
threat to all society from King Vegeta's perspective. I thought that it, the way they had that element and the way how he was like this, this refuge, he was sent to another island, another planet, and his dad is, you know, not this great, uh, like he had the shock collar on him and really thought he was like, and almost treated him almost like a subhuman almost, at least that's what I thought. Uh, I thought it was real. I thought it made. I thought it really added a lot of color to the to the uh, to the fight scenes. I thought it added a lot of color to the plot and to the character, and it made him sympathetic. And I wasn't expecting that going in. I wasn't expecting like a character like Broly to be as like for me like almost not. I didn't want him to die in the end, basically, because yeah. I was like, you know, what? he could be a really cool like character in like a future series. It could be a really it- character in this movie, and I thought it worked. I was not expecting that going in, and I'm so glad I got what I got out yeah. of that. It's it's impressive that over the course of like this whatever it was 110, 120 minute movie, like they really paint Broly as a victim, and it works. And he's just a hulking monster at the end, but you don't want him to lose or die. Like you want him, you want him to find safety. And I kind of question how that he ends up being safe like i think the wish they make at the end is really stupid why they send yeah. him to that same crappy planet but at the same time i'm happy that he survived i'm and that is stunning to me because alex you probably don't know this broly is a character like maybe you do know that broly is a character from before this movie mm-hmm. like broly- uh, i i did some some brief research so as i understand he was a quote non-canon character <laughs> Yes, he was, he whatever was char- that whatever that means in this universe. But so he was, around. he was just a character for a movie, and that in and in the movie he existed, but he never actually. But it was just a one-off thing, and it didn't actually. It was like um, it, it's like a what-if story for like a comic book. You know what I mean? Like they, it's like if all the main characters found a place, here's a character they fought him, but it didn't actually exist in the real canon show. And this is an actual canon version of Broly, and they redid him. But the, the point I'm trying to get at is, in the original um, incarnation of Broly, he had none of this backstory. He was not mm-hmm. nearly this interesting. And they, ret- they, they, they made this backstory from the ground up, and it is so good. Because I don't think... I'm not sure if this movie even works without the 30-minute intro here. Like, it just works so well, because you care about Broly by the time it's time to fight. Well, yeah, like, what, what, what is the alternative to not doing this? Like, do you just start at the present day with Goku? Yeah, that's what they did. That's what they did in the original movie. They just started in the present day and they had a couple flashbacks, but it was like, Paragus still wanted to kill Vegeta, but it just, and, and Broly's just a, is like a rage machine and they just kill him. That's how the movie yeah, ends. Yeah, they just kill yeah. Broly. And, and yeah, it's it's definitely a strong decision to start off with this setup because I, I do think that it's necessary for you to care about big bro, big hulking man getting beaten up later in the in the movie. But it works. You do yeah. care about it. Like yeah, you, exactly. Like it, it works, and it, it's a good decision that they it, ended up doing that. And and it's surprising because like the actual thing that's wrong is like there it's it's a it's a shockingly um brutal depiction of like an abusive father-son relationship and i think that's actually what they're going for like and i was not expecting that from dragon ball a a abusive relationship portrayed in this way and that the dad is sorry go ahead and like it's not only a deep relationship it's also a sympathetic villain which i which i from what i remember i don't remember any sympathy toward any villain in any dbz series i saw yeah yeah sort of but i can't think of any like maybe like there's like even if the show is trying to get me to be sympathetic, it's not usually successful. Like, this is actually successful at it. Because Broly is... Oh, he's just a victim here. He is. His dad pretty much messed him up as a kid. And and uh, and hurt him over and over again until we got to this point. This is... It, it, it's really it's really surprising how well this works for me. Yeah. Um, and, sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, I don't know if you were leading into this, but I think another big part is once we skip to present day, yeah. first we see Goku and Vegeta, but then we see like Bro- uh, Broly in present day, yeah. and you see other people like opening him up to like, hey, this is wrong. Like, why, why are you dealing with this? And then like him telling telling the stories of his past, especially like the moment where he's like, I tr- I trained with the big green fur beast, and uh, but my my dad didn't like that, and so he cut he shot off his ear, and I wasn't able to have a friend anymore like the way it's delivered is so sad and it's like yeah. well uh, 
but, but also like you get why oh, you get why he might be the way he is now because his dad made bad decisions for him mm. and uh, also like uh, um just overall with this movie like i think you mentioned early, like when we were opening that you were introducing this as kind of a toxic masculinity thing but i think that also like this kind of at least in the case of Broly, like it kind of sets up like, hey, sometimes you got to think about like how the people are 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 brought up, and then yep. later at the end, it's like, hey, these people can change, but you need to like help them notice that the situation they're in is wrong, and that they don't need uh, that that this isn't the correct way to be letting out your uh, your anger at at how you were raised sort of thing. So like I, I think that odd even if this anime is not, does not have the reputation of being progressive, but I think in a in a low key way this movie is kind of progressive. Yeah. Like cuz not just Broly but also with uh, v- Vegeta we also have that theme of uh, when they're doing the fusion dance Goku is like, hey, suck up your pride. Like, we got to do this thing. And, like, he's being uh, classic macho. Like, no, I don't want to do it. But, like, he gets over himself. So, like, just I think that that's a general theme of of this movie. It was kind of surprising considering like, I, I, I was va- I vaguely aware of, like, complaints uh, along those lines. But I, I think that this uh, movie does a good job of, like, showing the you know a more progressive side of things in that regard and and i do think like that even goes into like through like frieza because he's shown like frieza's a bad person but he's a petty masculine character who and and who's portraying a very feminine like feminine type of petty you know what i mean he just wants to be taller (laughs) and i think that's kind of like like i I think a lot of these male characters in this movie are very non-traditionally masculine and that's And it's weird to me. Mm-hmm. I, I was actually going to ask, like, also Goku, like, I don't know if this is how he's normally portrayed, but it, yes. it's interesting how, like, you know, how much softer he is compared, uh, he is portrayed com- compared to Vegeta, who's like the macho side of things. But I find that an interesting dynamic and that eventually they, like, they work together regardless. And like, he's the one to reach out at the end to, to Broly and be like, Hey, I'm here to help you out. Like, even if we fought sort of thing. And like, that felt very sweet. And I, 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 it's, if that's how Goku is normally portrayed, like, that's actually a kind of a, a nice uh, version yeah. of a protagonist that I would be happy to follow along. Yeah. Oh, right. That's, yeah. That's generally how Goku is. He's, um, some iterations, like, I'd say this, that Goku's usually like that, Alex, but sometimes he's not in a cast that supports that kind of character well right yeah. like like sometimes vegeta isn't with him i think goku's character really shines when vegeta's there to like be his foil but a lot yeah. of the times he's not there with vegeta and it i i and he's forced to be as a character the person that fights the bad guy you know yeah, what i mean what, and it sorry go ahead john i was gonna say like when goku's with like vegeta as well it's like he i think it allows the character to be a little bit more lighter a little bit more looser yeah and just i think gerald just a lot friendlier because like there are moments when goku is just like a real like sort of hard ready to fight kind of guy and then there's the times like even in the past series when he has like was it gohan and uh and chi chi he loosens up a little bit he's a lot more outgoing he's a lot more friendly and 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 i I liked when it's like that sort of balance and contrast because if it was just all guys with like the same facial expression and the same sort of tense muscles it would get boring really quickly you need to have that light kind of character and goku serves that role in this movie extremely well yeah he does and i really like i think the the perfect like the best moment of that in this movie is when goku is leading broly through the lava pits and he like flies up and he goes like you're it, it, all yours frieza like he and, he and he like leads broly to frieza like i think that's a really funny moment yeah and, and, oh, I, think, yeah. O- and I think only goku could have like only goku's character could have really paid that off like he just it it, it plays off really well because frieza frieza's a bad dude and goku's just kind of playing around with it and it and it works really well i think that's a really funny moment but um, before we lead off, I I, I want to touch on something really really quick, Alex, because you you kind of touched on it with the scene where they're talking to Broly about his dad, and I think actually the most like the most progressive part of that scene, progressive might be the wrong word, but the most like um aware part of that scene is when Broly says, "Hey, he's still my dad." Like he he can't say anything bad about his dad because he thinks it's right. Like he is the victim in so many ways that he and he can't. It's been going on so long that he can't. Ex- he thinks he's supposed to still be there. He thinks it's right that his dad is doing that, and I think that's the part of the movie that really tries to hammer in home that, like, yeah, Broly is a child who needs help, and I really loved that part of this scene with him. And I think mm. without that line, I wouldn't have loved it as much, really. 
Yeah, that that is like another sy- symptom of abuse that like yeah. that gets expressed there. Like, hey, like even it, even if I know the things are wrong, but the person who's doing them, like he's still uh, my blood, so I have to accept that. And he raised me and protected me, yeah. and uh, so like, uh, yes, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like, I think that's also an added detail that help that helps fill out his character even more. Yeah, I think mm. yeah, it, it really it really hammers home. Like, I think without a couple of the little parts of these scenes, like, I think this doesn't always come off as abusive if you don't have these little moments. Like, they really went out of their way to have these little dialogue moments and make it clear, like, yes, this is an abusive relationship. We want you as the audience to acknowledge that. And they could have easily just cut those out, and it could have just been like, oh, they're not really going to go into that this is an abusive relationship? I guess not. But they really do dive into it, and they comment on that this is bad, and I find that interesting. I think my least favorite part of the movie, and I'm, I'm feel free to disagree with me, I think my least favorite part of the movie is that the Paragus stuff just resolves kind of all of a sudden. Like, Paragus yeah. gets killed by Frieza, and I would have liked Paragus to either be alive or Broly to acknowledge Paragus, but, like, Paragus is just pushed to the side, and then Broly is free. And that's good for his character. I'm happy that he doesn't have Paragus in his life anymore, but right. narratively, I feel a little... It feels like they wasted a narrative option here with killing Paragus, personally. Uh-huh. I, I will say that, that that moment is also like half played as a joke yeah. because then Frieza later is like, "Oh look, a stray blast!" Yeah, <laughs> and it's like yeah. so. I I I get the the complaint that it maybe it doesn't fully fit the story, but I think that the joke works enough that yeah. I can justify it being there. So like, <laughs> but but I I get I get your point that like if. The beginning of the movie is treating this seriously, then you'd hope that it gets resolved seriously. But I mean, it's also like it's happening in the middle of of this giant fight sequence. So also, I don't know if there's a t- no. room for for that to breathe if you wanted to go that direction in that moment. So it's definitely a valid complaint, but I think that I didn't have as much of a problem with it because I think the execution of the half joking, half pushing Broly into the off the deep end, like all that works in the context of the fight sequence that's going on. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree with Alex on that one. It did push the fight sequence a little bit. I was a little but at the same time, I did forget that Paragus was was kind of in the movie at a lot of points, though. Yeah. I feel like what because what because once the action gets because once the action got going, you start like the side the, the little side bits were they were so they were often so quick and that you were like, uh, what happened? Oh, never mind. Back to this. Like there's it's one of those moments where like the main event is so like over captures so much of the attention that the that the peripheral stuff does tend tends to be a little bit lost if you're just coming in for like a quick like 20 second shot and all that yeah and i get that i think both you i I completely get your argument and i think that my uh being upset with paragus dying only comes up now that i'm like a week past originally seeing the movie like right after the movie like i was just completely on board like i loved this fight scene like i was really having fun with it even the part where paragus died and now coming off of it i'm just now sitting here going like okay how can we follow up on this movie well paragus is dead I, it's a little bit more difficult to follow up on Broly's character in an interesting narrative way now because Paragus is already dead. But and, and it kind of and it kind of felt like a cheat code almost. It it's did. like I, I need to get this character more powerful. He responds to emotions. I'm gonna kill his father. Boom. Yeah, and it, and that's what it was. And also, Alex, in case you don't know, that scene specifically was a reference to in the original Dragon Ball Z show, Frieza killed goku's best friend and that triggered goku into going super saiyan the first time ah, okay. but but frieza wasn't trying to do that the first time this time he was doing it to, he was killed if you know I, i'm not sure it because that's the right after he did that um broly's hair actually goes gold for the first time after that mm. but, yeah, well uh, I, I definitely remember that like that like sets him off and like you yeah. get like another like close-up of him like just go, yeah. going all out so yeah, get, that was that was intense. <laughs> and we get and we got those awesome like circles, like those circles that come out from Broly, like causing like purple and dark and like weird lavender colors to cover the entire landscape. Like those are like really um iconic for Broly, like these circle energy blast things. Um, yeah, but yeah, I I had a lot of fun with the movie. Is there anything? Um, I guess we can 
start to wrap up. Is there anything you guys want to anything we need well, to touch well, on? Look, it, it's a sin that we've gone in almost an entire podcast we have not mentioned Sheila. Like she, she's oh great. oh okay. <laughs> you want to talk about Sheila? Okay, okay. Yeah, the one what? the one. We, I guess we can talk about the one woman in the entire movie, really, besides I Bulma. Mean, it's, yeah, that's kind of sad because B- Bulma is kind of a caric- caricature, but like Sheila is great. She's okay. She's bad. <laughs> and like, and uh, her, her, she's got good rapport with the old guy. Um, I don't know what the old guy's name is, but like, I love their banter going on. Uh, and like, she, Sorry. yeah, she treats Broly so well. And then also the the ending sequence of like them going to meet him and like help him out, and uh, that, but also like still being a little skeptical of Goku. Like, it, it all works so well. And I think that Chilai is a gr- a great um a great piece of this movie. Um, the, the ending part where, like, she's the one who wish, who uses the Dragon Balls, like, I get that that might seem stupid in, in, in hindsight, but also, like, I was, I was so taken by their relationship in the beginning of the movie that I was like, yeah, go, yeah, do it. <laughs> like, like, this, this, this is what you want to go for it. So, like, uh, I, I think that, Maybe because of the fact that this is focused on Broly and their fight sequence, like she kind she kind of gets pushed aside she for does. like a big chunk of the movie. But I think that her her incorporation in the first third of the movie is really great. So uh, Chila, go you. She, right. Yeah. Yeah. And she. Um. And it. Yeah. I definitely agree. And I think in place of not having Paragus uh, around, I do like the fact that Chila, uh, the old guy who forgot what his name was, Limo. and. Limo and Broly on that planet with all the stuff that Goku gave them at the end, the beans, the house, the food and all that. I feel like that'd be a great setup. I feel like that'd that'd be a great setup in place of that, though, too, because they had that great relationship in the beginning. And it'd be and that'd be like a cool little cutaway where you see them, you know, living on this planet with and obviously more comfortable situations. Goku pops up to pops up to visit. And that could be like a really cool character dynamic going forward because they almost act like a family toward the end. Yeah, they do. They, it definitely feels, it feels almost, uh, the, what I felt from it was very, uh, Tarzan, like Tarzan and Jane for Chilai. Like, that feel like kind of the same strings they were pulling there. And, um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just like you go back to tropes for a reason. Tropes work. Um, but, uh, I did like Chilai a lot too. Chilai was probably the best part of the, the second act, the part in the present before we get to the fight. Like, I really enjoyed that, her finding Broly and her helping Broly under, try to understand this is an abusive relationship, this is a good relationship for him. And then the really part where she, like, steals the controller and gives him food. Like, I think that all is a really, has a really fun, it, it's fun, but also, uh, it shows a lot, it, it does a lot for expanding on Broly's and her character. I really like that part. Uh, mm. but, um, other than that, Alex, I'm sorry for offending you by not talking about Sheila because she is yeah, great. She, she was an important part of this she movie. She was. She was. But I just think that she kind of becomes a caricature by the end of the movie, almost, kind of like Bulma, which is unfortunate. Like, we have to see more of her on the planet, but she kind of becomes, like, kind of sassy woman character and at the end of it, I think. And I kind yeah, of didn't like yeah. that. But again, we only did get to see one scene with her on that planet with Broly. So maybe she isn't like – they won't write her like that anymore in the future. But um yeah, other than that, do you guys have any more final thoughts, Alex? Any other thoughts? Um this was a very interesting experience and I I would rec- I would recommend this to people who are not uh, normally fans of uh, of Dragon Ball or they're or they're generally new to anime. I think that this is I mean, I'm speaking from a place of not really being that informed, but it seems to me like a good introduction to what the best of anime fight sequ- uh, fight shows could be and like it, it gives you a good standard to start off your anime watching career with so like uh, and the, just I, I think that uh, as with many shows like the characterization is a huge deal and i think that this movie does a great job in doing the requisite work to make the characters interesting before getting to the fight sequence yeah. So by the time you get to the fight sequence, you're all you're all in. You understand who's on both sides, and you get what what why the ending is that is that meaningful uh, to the point of the final shot. I don't think we mentioned the final shot of like uh, um, Gogeta sending this final blue energy ball oh, yeah. heading toward Broly before just as uh, Chilai is making her wish and Broly disappears. But like that 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 final shot to end the fight sequence is like a perfect way to end that. 
So I think that from beginning to end, this is uh, this is quite a, a trip, and uh, it's good, 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 good movie. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it, Alex. Uh, John, any final thoughts? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be a bit more wistful because I have to say, seeing this movie and talking about it with you guys, it made me feel like I'm 10 years old all over again, and I absolutely love that. We're three boys with microphones talking about Dragon Ball Z. And sometimes things are just really awesome like that. And I loved doing, I loved watching this. It gave me all the great feelings again. DBZ actually has now, they actually grew up a little bit. I thought the, the writing actually made it feel more adult, which is, well, as in like more mature writing. Like it definitely feels like it's more modern writing. But honestly, all, all, all that's missing right now is a box of Golden Grams and my Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And I'd be one happy little kid again yeah this this i think that's really the reason that when i finished watching this movie i came like to the discord and was like hey guys anyone want to pot on this because i watched this movie and i just had so much fun with it that i wanted to share that with somebody else because this movie just was so much fun and i'm glad you both enjoyed it i'm really glad you came on here and uh, i'm glad you both just had a fun time with it because i was worried that maybe you wouldn't we have more to discuss about how what didn't work but i'm just <laughs> really glad we got to discuss that this movie was just fun for more people than just me yeah. um, and the, like, i think we've touched on the stuff that doesn't work like yeah. we've been but majorly yeah. positive but like there are like tiny parts it's, that don't really work i think we we didn't really talk about also the the goku vegeta intro scene of them in the present day yeah. it was really weird of like them fighting on the ocean well, and, there, like, the reason that didn't work for you, Alex, is because what you don't know is that the background music for that part is all a callback. Like, it's all a um, callback to the first opening song of Dragon Ball. Like, the first... Yeah, movie. and it, it seems like those side characters of, like, the god of hell yeah. or whatever is on, like, sides. Like, oh, this must be fan service for the people who watch the show. That's fine. But, like, uh, for me, I don't care what's going on here. Just get to the rest of the story. Get get back to Broly. Where is Broly? Yeah. So, like, uh, so, like, there are little pieces of this movie that don't work. But overall, I think that it yeah. comes together. Yeah. Um, and there's also a uh, fun little production note as well, because I think it was it was brought up in the it was brought up I think it was I want to allude to something Alex mentioned earlier. Uh, Monica Rial is the voice of Bulma in this movie. Yes. She is Raquel in Genlock. Yes, she and, is. And was Sienna Khan in Ruby? Yep. And she is. And, a, sorry, go ahead. Well, and on a more uh, timely note, um, Vic McNogna, I think that's how you pronounce it, is the <laughs> dub actor for Broly. Yeah. Um, he, has re- he was just fired from Ruby uh, as uh, during this recording, so... <laughs> yeah, we can, Wait, we can what, acknowledge what, that Broly's character is good without... Yeah, talk yeah. about Vic. What was he yeah. fired for? Oh, uh, wait, what, what, was, what was his role? We don't have to get it. Well, let's not get into it here, John. Yeah, it's yeah. it's we, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, he, he voices he Crow on Ruby. There. Yes, he voices Crow on Ruby. Oh. He was fired, but you can listeners can look it up on um, your own on Google. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, this was fun, guys. You can. But um, listeners, you can find us out all the information information on this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can join us on Discord to text chat about animation at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. You can support us via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thanks to all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Michael, a.k.a. Wazowski. And um, as always, uh, and always thank you to our patron executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Hugh. Um... Coming up soon, we have more anime. We have promised Neverland coverage coming up this week, uh, episode four. I don't know if there's any other, what else is big coming out. There's Miraculous Ladybug. I don't know if that there's a big crossover between Dragon Ball Z and Miraculous Ladybug. Um, <laughs> yeah, like else guys Craig, Craig of the Creek. <laughs> Craig of the Creek. Yeah, but we, we cover anime here. We cover fun stuff. Maybe if this, maybe we'll cover more stuff like this maybe in the future. We had so much, I, I had a lot of fun with this. Maybe there's more, so if, if anime can produce a movie this fun again, maybe we'll cover it. But, um, Anyways, guys, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Adios. Take care.